Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Puzzling, a true crime podcast. I'm Bailey. And I'm Sarah. As you can probably tell, Tiffany is not here today. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh my god, I just choked. <laughs> uh, Tiffany is actually in my hometown right now with her boyfriend, who's also from my hometown. Um, so this episode's kind of going to be like how it was when I was away and you and Tiffany did the episode. Right. Which is exciting because it was nice to like listen to it without knowing what happened right like have fresh ears for yeah, yeah yeah so so sarah the assistant's here today baby assistant is not here she's with her dad yeah dad got his wisdom teeth out so yeah they are laid up taking a nap together there you go perfect <laughs> um i'm actually we're actually still at tiffany's house and she's not here but um i'm taking care of misty moo and she just looked at me misty and uh the cats all four of them misty and the cats yes so I'm staying at uh, Tiffany and Alex's house, and I'm having a sleepover with the doggy and the kitties. I know. It does feel weird being here and Without not her. having Tiffany. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm drinking all her beer, so. Yeah, well, that's your payment. <laughs> that's what I said. I was like, you guys aren't paying me. I want to fucking drink her drinks. Yeah, there you go. Use yeah. the kitchen. She had the, the, long, the long drinks in the fridge, and she was telling me last week and she was like, I love these so much. I get so sad when they're gone. And there was two left of them. And I was like, fuck you, Tiffany. I'm drinking them. Those are mine now. Yeah. yeah, those long drinks are good. Um, The first time I'd had one was a couple months ago at the beach. Jason's friend brought them over. And now I'm like obsessed with they're them. They're so good. The ones in the black cans are the like bl- Those double, are my favorite. Because they're double percent. They're like 8.5%, yeah, I think. Those are my favorite ones. Yeah, super good. Honestly, not even because of the alcohol content. Like just, I like the way they taste better. Well, it tastes more... Um, what is it rum no it's gin gin it tastes yeah. more like gin yeah you can taste it which is weird because i really don't even like gin but i don't really think i've ever had gin no. except for the... the only time i ever drink gin is in a cocktail that we have at work and it's just because like the gin just goes really well like it's a botanical drink so right i but... feel like yeah gin goes good with botanicals yeah long drinks are like what is it um, it's like citrusy like hibiscus something, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> so those are really good but are we ready? Yeah, but how was your week? Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Tiffany's <gasps> not here. My balance is all off. I don't know. <laughs> um, she's always the one that remembers to ask that. I never I remember. Uh, she's also the one that always does the socials because I totally forgot last time. Yeah, when I recorded. I always like, just say socials. <laughs> I'm just like they're in they're in the episode notes. You'll you know where to look. Um, my week was great. The today is what's today May 26. It is my first day off in nine days. So woo, love that for me. Um, no, I got back from vacation and just, we were super short-staffed at work and it's, we're starting to get busy again because of the summer, so I was working for the last nine days. So. That sucks. And then you go back for, what, another? Uh, just four. And then I have two days off. Nice. So I work at Friday through Monday and then I have Tuesday, Wednesday off. Nice. I was thinking you'd work like a whole nother week. No, I'm <laughs> so, I probably would have cried to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm so, I was so tired. Like, I had so many things I had to do today too. I had to go to, I had literally 10 miles in my tank so I had to stop here get like a half a tank of gas and then drive to Carson yep and Misty came with me right Misty she's itchy but yeah I took her to the beach oh my god I have to talk about this okay what I I didn't even tell you yet what so yesterday I get off work it's Mm -hmm. my Friday right um, my friend Juliet, who, like, I haven't seen in a couple weeks, she was like, hey, like, do you want to go to the dog beach? And I was like, yeah, sure, like, I'll go get Misty, like, let's let's do it. We're walking onto the beach, and this dog just runs in front of us, lays down, and looks at us, and we start petting her. And then I look at her, and I'm like, oh my god, this dog looks so much like Misty. Like, same eyes, like, same, you know, the brown eye, the blue eye. Right. And then, but, like, they were the same, you know, both the right eyes were, you know, blue, and the, both the left eyes were black, or brown. And she has, like, the same colorations and everything. So the dude that owns her, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, she just – she looks just like my dog. I said she was my dog at first, <laughs> just, so you, just so everybody knows. Right. And he was like – he was like, oh, well, is your dog deaf? And I was like, no, she's not deaf. And he's like, oh, she's deaf. And I was like, oh, like, how old is she? And he's like, she'll be six in August. And I'm like, hmm. Misty's going to be six in August. That's so And weird. I was like, what kind of dog is she? And he's like, she's a Collie Lab mix. And I was like – you're joking and he was like no why and I was like did you get her from Sparks like right outside of Reno and he's like yeah and like the Wells Fargo parking lot and I was like oh my I was like oh my god like I was like this is they're litter mates 
Like, they're from the same litter. And he lives here? Yeah. He lives in Reno, but he has a summer house here. And, like, he was so... He was just taken aback, and he's like, after the week I have had, like, you know, I've had a really bad week, and just, I feel like, what are the odds that, you know, my dog runs in front of you? Like, she doesn't do that to people. Like, she's deaf. Like, she sticks by her owner. Right. And she runs up to us and just lays in front of us and waits for us to pet her. And then, like, so we're discovering this. I call Tiffany... And I have the camera, I FaceTimed her, and I have the camera pointed on this dude's dog, Daphne. And he was like, and Alex answered the phone. He was like, oh, my Misty Moon. I was like, that's not your dog. <laughs> that is not your dog. And that's, Did you get his number? Yeah. Good. His name's Randy. They need to hang out. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. They're going to. I gave his information to Tiffany, and they're going to, like, meet up. But he was just, like, blown away. He was like, I can't believe this right now. Like, you know, that's I've never so met another crazy. one of her litter mates. And Misty could couldn't give two fucks like she was literally these people were playing were throwing a baseball and she was playing monkey in the middle while this whole conversation was going down so typical missy just did not care (laughs) she had no interest they actually daphne actually growled at her at first yeah (gasps) maybe missy but you know how missy does that with other people sometimes not people dogs what missy growled at daphne no daphne growled at missy well you know maybe maybe missy did some fucked up shit yeah and they're uh yeah but it was just crazy that the fact that i ran into her litter mate at the beach such a small world i know wild i know nova's got some siblings out there in like sacramento area but i never go to sac yeah no it was just and we were just talking about like what are the odds that like i chose you know yesterday to go to the beach and so did he we were there at the same time and i walked past like you know what i mean especially because he doesn't live here full time no yeah he just has a summer house up here yeah that's so weird yeah so small world small world can't wait to uh see more photos of their play date randy was a really nice guy he's really sweet how old is he is he like he's older old guy. he's retired ah yeah old guy. Got it. yeah so young at heart though oh yeah well everyone that lives in tahoe is young at heart too, I feel. So. <laughs> okay well sarah how was your week it was good it was my second week of working two jobs yay yay <laughs> i'm ready to pass off the other job to tiffany i hope that happens i it's gonna happen i just hope it happens soon yeah because i'm done yeah checked out um but other than that was good jason got his wisdom teeth out yesterday oh fun anesthesia makes men angry really oh Mm -hmm. you're no you're right yeah you're 100 percent correct because john when john had his surgery um he woke up and he was pissed he was mad at me oh he was pissed all day yeah he was like changing the gauze out way yeah. too often and i'm like dude you're it's not gonna clot if you keep changing the gauze out you're yeah disrupting the clot and he like didn't want it in his mouth he kept changing him and then he came back inside and was like he's walking around the front yard for like a while and it, <laughs> he was just staring at things those walking. anesthesia drugs yeah, man like, <laughs> he would get you he wouldn't come inside so then he finally came back in he was he just changed him and he's like can i change these again and I'm like, no, it hasn't been 30 minutes. And he just, like, went off and went and sat in the backyard for the rest of the day. So that was nice. But then this morning, he was in a better mood. So we okay, went good. to the beach and got breakfast. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I don't remember much of yesterday. I'm like, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. I wish I didn't remember much of yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I didn't, wasn't in that situation. No. No, John, like, has no memory of um, the day that he had surgery and the day after he has no memory of. Yeah. He the only he said the first thing that he really remembers is them taking the catheter out. Mm, yeah, that's a bad memory. Yeah, <laughs> well, and memory. he did. He woke up with he woke up while he was still intubated, so he woke Ooh. up choking on the tube. Yeah, and he, but he doesn't remember it. Uh, he kind of remembers it. Like he remembers right. that, but he doesn't really remember like conversation. It's, it's like in and out. Yeah, but he was so mean to me. Yeah, no, men are mean. That's like yeah. a it's a fact. Um, yeah. There was a man, an old man, in the uh, Rayleigh's parking lot because we had to get his medication. And he opened the door. Jason opened the door to spit blood out. <laughs> this old man is sitting in the car directly next to us. And he can't see me. He can just see Jason spitting. And he rolls his window down and goes, um, sir, do you need some help? Do I need to help you? Yeah. And, ja- and Jason just stares at him. And so I had to lean over and be like, he just had surgery. We're all good. Thank yeah. you, though. And the old man's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. What is going on <laughs> What's right now? Happening? Why is this man spitting blood in a parking lot? No. John was like, ugh. I was, 
I was driving down 40, 45 minutes to an hour every day to go, like, see him in the hospital. Right. And, like, the one day his mom was literally, like, it was the day that he woke up. I wasn't there. I was there when he went under for surgery. And then the next day I was supposed to go back down and his mom was literally, like, don't come. (laughs) And I was, like, is everything okay? Like, I started freaking out. And he's, like, she was, like, no, he's just being very, very mean. Yeah. And, like, you're you know yeah jason's mom called me to check in and i was like i oh, you know like i'm mad because he's being mean but i yeah. know he doesn't mean it so i can't actually be mad and she was like it's a side effect yeah like, it'll pass just don't engage yeah <laughs> okay. that's what john needs to get his wisdom teeth out eventually Ugh. i had mine out when i was 16 i don't know why people get them out so late i don't I, understand yeah i had mine out when i was like 17 yeah um he had they one of them grew in yeah so he was assuming i guess that i mean no dentist ever said anything about it um and then the one that grew in was starting to have problems so they were like well let's just take three of them out so he still has one. Oh, really yeah and they, were they like, took all four of mine they same with me but they said that they didn't need to take the last one so mm. whatever all right um are we ready to get into it yeah okay before we get into it Real quick, ad break. Okay, this week, Sarah the Assistant's going to be reading another episode. So this is kind of fun because, like, it was Tiffany went, and then you went, and then I went. And now I go. And now you go again, and then Tiffany will go next week. Right. So it's still kind of on track. I'm kind just, of. like, interrupting every Yeah. There. No, that's fine. <laughs> you can interrupt as much as you want. I feel like we should do an episode with you, like, once a month. I'd be down for that. Yeah. I'd be super down for that. I'll we could probably like even this. do like a bonus episode. <gasps> that would be fun. And have both of you here. Yeah. We need to get another mic. Yeah. Because I think it'd be fun for like me to tell a story and then you guys are both here. Yeah. So you both get to react. Oh, you know? Excited. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Well, anyway, this one is something that um, I'm sure affected the way that my parents raised me and how I turned out as a human. Uh, being that it hit so close to home and it actually happened in my hometown. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about this case, uh, but I'm going to talk about Polly Class today. Honestly, having a daughter has changed my perspective on true crime cases a lot. I used to want to hear all the cases because I thought they were interesting, but now I kind of understand why some people don't want to hear like cases. The children. Yeah, cases about children. Yeah. I just felt like this one was deserving of being told. Yeah. I know, like, the cases that um, they do on Crime Junkie, like, Britt and Ashley, like, when they're, if it involves a child, they're, like, they don't give as much details as, like, they normally do because they don't like talking about it and they don't like reading it because they have kids. Mm -hmm. And same with Morbid, too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just felt like there's so many details in this that you kind of had to give to make it make sense. So, trigger warning. (laughs) Yeah. um, If you don't, like, if you don't really like hearing, you know, about anything to do with children uh maybe sit this one out it's not super graphic but Mm -mm. but it is about a child no it's still scary yeah so um yeah so i gotta tell it anyway here we go polly was born in fairfax california on january 3rd 1981 to mark class and eve class her parents divorced when she was two years old which led her and her mother moving around california until they settled in Petaluma, which is my hometown. Woo! Woo! Can you give, like, a general area of where Petaluma is? Yeah, it's 45 minutes north of San Francisco. Okay. So it's in the Bay Area. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Go back to the Bay. <laughs> Go back to the Bay. Um, okay, so Polly's mother briefly remarried a man named Alan Nickel. In 1987, they had another daughter named Annie. Uh, Polly was enrolled in Cherry Valley School for Elementary School and Petaluma Junior High School, where she was enrolled when she was abducted. Is that where you went? No, that's my rival. Oh, okay. My rival school, yeah. Um, I had friends that went there, but not me. Not you. Mm Mm-mm. Casa Grande all the way. (laughs) A little fun fact about this case, though, is that the actress Winona Ryder who'd been raised in Petaluma, offered a $200,000 reward for call, uh, for classes safe return during the search. Really? I love Winona Ryder. Same. Speaking of Winona Ryder. Are you going to talk about Johnny Depp? No. Oh. I'm going to talk about Stranger Things. Oh, it Because it comes back tomorrow. to tonight. Tonight at midnight. <laughs> I know. That's the reason I'm going home tonight. It's because John and I are going to stay home and watch it. <laughs> Jason was stoked. I liked the first season. I feel like they've gotten 
less good over time. Shut your mouth. But Jason loves it. Your opinion it. is wrong. I know. Um, I heard they're supposed to be like an hour long. Yeah. They're like full length mo- or some of them are longer than an hour. movies. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Crazy. Yes. Well, John I and I was, are very much into Stranger Things. I was going towards Johnny Depp with that because they were hella cute together. Yeah, they were. Speaking of Johnny Depp, real quick, this isn't going to be a long tangent, but... What's your what's your stance on it? Um, Johnny Depp is a perfect human being. Right, okay, thank you. <laughs> who could do I no wrong. I was about to leave if you Listen, said anything else. Listen, no. Um, I understand alcoholism mm-hmm. and... Just the fact that he already took responsibility for his actions when he's drunk. Like, he was like, I'm not, you know, like, I would never hurt somebody. Right. And I fully believe him. Because based on all the video evidence I've seen, yes, he's angry and he's aggressive, but he's not being aggressive towards anybody. Right. And honestly, it just feels like if watching her on She's just on a dumbass stand, bitch, to be completely honest yeah, with you. Amber Heard her, is a dumbass bitch. Watching her, Amber Turd. Yeah. <laughs> I said but what she, I said. <laughs> she she sounds insincere. It looks super fake, and she's already. It's already come out that she has problems with crying during acting, yeah. and like she's not doing a great job. No. Okay, I just I think she's in this for the money because she was not a big name before. No, money. no. So okay. There's, anyway, back on track. Sense, yeah. <laughs> um, writer uh, writer starred in the film version of Little Women after Class's death and dedicated dedicated it to her memory because that was Polly's favorite book super cute yeah Petaluma is a very connected town like everyone helps everyone everyone knows everyone so that makes sense would you describe it as like small town yeah um I will say in the episode that I did with Tiffany I said the population was 59,000 I was very wrong what is it 159,000. Okay, but still, it's not really... <laughs> no, I mean, it's still a small town. It's a decent amount of people, but it's not... Right, but it feels a lot smaller. Yeah. Like, if you go there... That's like my hometown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love Petaluma. We're going there this weekend. Oh, my God. Leaving tomorrow. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Going to Bottle Rock. I don't know what that is, but whoop. It's a music festival in Napa. Oh. Yeah. Very fun. I'm jealous of you. I know. You should come. I... I gotta work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the background of the literal demon who did this. Okay. Richard Allen Davis. Wow, he just sounds like a demon. Right? Isn't that a scary name? It's not, but like it is because you know he's a bad person. Yeah. Richard. Richard Allen Dick. Davis. Dick Davis. Dick Davis. <laughs> I wonder if he ever went by Dick. Um, it makes sense if he did. It's fitting. Yeah. It's on track. Yeah. Davis was born June 2nd, 1954, to Bob and Evelyn Davis. He was the third of their five children, which is insane. I do not want five children. No. Both Bob and Evelyn were alcoholics, according to Davis's attorney, and Evelyn was a strict disciplinarian, allegedly once burning his hand when she caught Davis smoking. Oh. So don't smoke a whole pack of cigarettes. Let me just burn you. Yeah. Yeah. His parents divorced when David w- Davis was 11. Davis and his siblings stayed with their father who was sometimes unwilling or incapable of raising them, causing them to have to shuttle between other relatives. When Davis was 14, his 10-year-old sister died of an illness. Oh, my God. I couldn't find what illness it was or what happened. That's Um, scary. But, yeah, so traumatic. Uh, Bob also remarried twice, giving Davis two stepmothers who he hated. Oh, Davis showed signs of being a sociopath at a young age, later being diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, which a lot of serial killers, it seems like, are diagnosed with that. Yeah. He frequently killed stray animals, especially cats who he would burn alive, <clears throat> and dogs he would cut with a knife. Oh, no. No, yeah. no, no. Mm-hmm. Wow, he really is an asshole. Yeah, and like, warning signs that maybe no one's looking for? Yeah. I don't know. Um, on October 12th, 1973, 18-year-old Marlene Voris was found dead from a gunshot wound. Seven suicide notes were found at the scene. Some believed that Davis, who was 19 at the time, had murdered her as he had been at her house when she had a party. Davis later confessed to a psychologist that her death deeply affected him, even going so far as to claim that he heard her voice in his head. And she told him, that she wanted to be raped, robbed, and assaulted. I'm sure that's not true. 
Well, no, that's what he heard. No, in but his I'm head. sure that that's not what yeah. she wanted. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no, she didn't want that. But that's what he said that she was telling him in, in his head. Okay, so he's psychotic. Yeah, um, they never like proved that he was the one who killed her. I just thought it was a weird. Yeah, a little coinky dink. Yeah. Hmm? Um, I don't know. He had a long criminal uh, record. And that included three prior convictions of burglary, kidnapping, and robbery. Oh. In 1993, he was paroled from those charges and was enrolled in Turning Point, a shelter in San Mateo, California, for the homeless. While living there, he worked for a sheet metal company and later as a painter. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good guy. Great guy. Good guy. <laughs> Love it. On October 1st, 1993, Polly was planning to have a slumber party with her two friends, Kate and Jillian. Mm-hmm. All three of the girls were 12 years old at the time, and around 7 p.m., Jillian arrived at the class home, and the two girls walked to the nearby store to buy popsicles. Aw. Between oh. 8 and 9, Kate arrived. When her mother dropped her off, she noticed a man walking straight towards her car, so she jerked the car forward, which is, like, same. Yeah. Don't come in my car. I'll hit yeah. you. I will run you over. Yeah. <laughs> the man wore dark clothing and had a bushy gray and brown hair. She thought it might have been pulled back into a ponytail, and he was carrying something that looked like a bag. A 13-year-old neighbor of the class classes also saw this man walking, carrying what looked like a box or a bag. Inside the house, the three girls played dress-up in preparation for Halloween. That was a few weeks away. Wait, so did the mom not say anything to, like, I'm assuming they're at Polly's house? Yeah, so she was just dropping her daughter off at Polly's house Mm -hmm. and noticed this man, like, coming towards her car, so she jerked the car, and then that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, he wasn't... So it wasn't like he was, like, standing outside, like... No, he was, like, walking down the street, but it looked like he was gonna walk, like, straight into her car. Oh, okay. So she was like, dude... Get the fuck away. (laughs) Yeah, what are you doing? Um, so they played dress-up. And Kate was dressed as a hippie, and Jillian put makeup on Polly's face to make her look dead. Oh. Yeah, weird foreshadowing. Yeah. I love that. Polly later changed into a white cotton denim skirt and a pink blouse that was tied into a knot in front and removed most of the makeup. Around 10 p.m., Eve told the girls that she and Annie, who was six years old at the time, were going to bed and not to stay up too late. Eve went to her bedroom with Annie where she read for a few minutes and they both fell asleep. The three girls played board games and video games, and at the same time, another neighbor was being dropped off at home and saw the same man as earlier carrying a duffel bag, and when he walked by the car, he covered his face as if to conceal his identity. That's sus. It's suspicious. Yeah, why are you doing that? Yeah. If you're just walking out for a stroll. Yeah. Just walk. That's weird. Who cares? All right. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about this. I know. So at 10.30, the man with the duffel bag walked up the stairs to a bathroom separated from the granny unit in the class's backyard. A friend of the tenant who lived in the granny unit saw him doing this, but didn't think anything Is a granny it. unit like an in-law suite? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I've yeah. just never heard it called a granny unit. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that Maybe like it's a, like a West Is that a West Coast thing? thing? Yeah. Because yeah. we call it in-law suite. We call them granny units. I love that so much more. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to start calling <laughs> You calling shove them. your old granny in there. <laughs> granny unit. Granny, get to your granny <laughs> unit. Yeah, because, like, the house next to mine is a granny unit to my house. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, the little one next door. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miranda hey. lives in there. What's oh. up, Miranda? Hey. Yeah, Hi, she's Miranda. Nice. She's a nice lady. Yeah. Um, is she a granny? She's not. A, no, she's a mom. She better not be a granny. Her oldest kid's, like, 14. Okay. But she yes. will be a granny eventually. She will eventually, yeah. Maybe. If they want to have kids. Well, I don't know. Yeah. But eventually, probably. Okay. She's got two. Glad you covered that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the guy saw this happening, a friend of the tenant in the granny unit. He didn't think anything of it, which is weird. I don't know why you wouldn't think it was weird that a random man was going to the bathroom at your... Yeah. Like, the, I don't know. It's just weird to me that he just was like, oh, yeah, whatever. That is really weird. Wait, so, like, is the bathroom, like, s- out? So, it's, it's, yeah, there's stairs that go up to it, mm-hmm. and it's separated from the granny unit. It's just, like, a, a bathroom. A, it's, there's a bathroom at the back of the class's house mm-hmm. that they use. Okay. 
But, like, I would think it was weird if some random man off the street came and tried to use that bathroom. Yeah, I would have been like, what? get the fuck out of here. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Okay. I don't. I, I thought it was just weird. Okay. But he didn't. I was anything. slightly confused, but I think I get it now. Right. Uh, so, at the same time, the girls decided to set up their sleeping bags. And when Polly opened her bedroom door, the man was standing in the doorway. <gasps> holding a knife in the bag oh my god that escalated so fast okay yeah we now know that this man is richard allen davis yeah um davis told the girls don't scream or i'll slit your throats okay he told the girls to lie face down on the floor and not to look at him what really gets me is that these girls were so innocent the friends initially thought that this was a family friend of polly's and that he was just playing a prank they thought this was all joke oh okay yeah i probably wouldn't no, exactly, but they're I like... I would freak the fuck out. They're like, oh, we live in a safe, small town, and, yeah. you know, it's probably just a, it's probably just a big joke. Uh, it was not, so... Davis asked where the valuables were, and the girls told... And he told the girls that he was only doing this for the money. He tied the girls' hands with silky cloth, cords from Polly's Nintendo, and a strap from Polly's purse. He then put the pillowcases from the bed over their heads. How does Eve not hear any of this? Well, so she's asleep, mm-hmm. like, down the hallway on the other side yeah. with her daughter, and the door is closed. Maybe it's just me, but I'm, like, always hyper aware of noises. Right. And, like, if I hear a noise in my house and, like, it's not something that I recognize, I go check it out because I freak out. Right. And I think it was just, I mean, it was late. The girls were probably being super quiet. Yeah. Because he told them to. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's, mm. I, like, can't imagine the guilt that you would feel not waking up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Feel bad for Eve. Um, so, yeah, he put the pillowcases from the bed over their heads. He told the girls that he was taking Polly to show him where the valuables were and that he would be gone by the time that they counted to 1,000. After counting for a while, the girls freed themselves and went to wake up Eve to tell her what had happened. After seeing no signs of Polly in the house, Eve called 911 around 11 p.m. The only thing missing from the house were a pair of red leggings that belonged to Polly. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, you didn't even take any valuables. No. Why would you so take he's just leggings? Well, Polly also was obviously missing, but, like, yeah. Polly and... Her leggings. Her leggings. Yeah. Which she wasn't wearing, so that's weird. That is really weird. Yeah. Um, so let's fast forward to 11.46 that night. Police were called to the Jaffe residence, a 192-acre parcel on the outskirts of Sonoma County. A friend of the Jaffe's was driving down the long driveway and saw a man in a red Pinto, red Ford Pinto, stuck in a ditch on the private property. The man inside looked startled to see someone there, and he was covered in leaves and smelled bad and was wearing his shirt inside out. She asked him what he was doing there, and he said that he was stuck and needed some rope. When she called him illiterate. She called him illiterate? She called him illiterate for not reading the private property Oh, signs. okay, okay. She okay. was like, can you not read? Yeah. yeah. I mean, good for her. I'd probably do the same, same thing. Can yeah. you not fucking read? <laughs> like, why are you here? It's like when I'm at work and people are like, what are your options for sides? I'm like, can you not fucking read? They're yeah, all they're listed on the menu right multiple there. times. Take a look around. Yeah. Take a look. It's in a book. Reading rainbow. <laughs> So, um, yeah, she called him illiterate for not reading the signs. And then he put his hands on her window and told her to get out of the car. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. When she did not do that, obviously, he asked her what was at the end of the road. So she told him there were people up there that would call the police and then drove off and found a payphone to call the Jaffees to tell them about the man. Fifteen minutes later... Jaffe met two Sonoma County Sheriff's officers, Officer Rankin and Howard, at the end of her road. They drove back up the road to the Ford, where they saw a man standing by the truck smoking a cigarette. At the time, the officers were unaware of Polly's abduction because the police department and the sheriff's department used different radio frequencies, Mm. which happens so much in these older cases. Yeah. Which is really frustrating. Yeah. Officers reported that the man was covered in leaves, dirt, and other debris, and smelled heavily of alcohol. 
The man told the officers that he was on his way to Redwood Valley to meet friends that had gotten lost and got stuck in the ditch turning around. Where is Redwood Valley? Um, it's up by Ukiah. Okay. By, like, Lake County. Okay. Yeah. He said that he had tried to put dirt under the tires to gain traction, although officers didn't notice signs of this. Officers ran the license plate but didn't notice that the truck was not registered to the man. Wait. How did they not notice that? Um, he typed in the wrong license plate numbers. Yeah. So, when he typed it in, he typed it in wrong. It was like, oh, whatever. Just go. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because that's what you should do when there's somebody trespassing on private property and, and stinking of alcohol. heavily of alcohol. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what you should do. Mm-hmm. Deputy Howard didn't think that he was intoxicated based on his observations of his pupils, balance, and speech. Okay, but I'd like to give this. I'd like to give this man a little educational. Everybody processes alcohol differently. I know so many people who can drink a ton of alcohol and be drunk, but show no signs of it. Like, yeah, they're feeling it themselves, but they're like, dude, Dakota's one of those people. I've never known when Dakota's drunk. Yeah, and he gets hammered. Yeah, like me when I when I'm drunk, you know immediately. Like, it's very easy to tell when I'm drunk. Oh, same. So. Yeah. But not everybody processes it like that. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. The few times that John gets drunk, I know right away. Right. And Jason, I always know when Jason's drunk. But like Dakota, there's been somebody, he's like, he'll be like, I was so hungover, I threw up last night. And I'm like, you threw up? You were drunk? Yeah. When were you drunk? Yeah. You weren't drunk last night? But no, for sure. Like some people you just can't tell. Yeah. Especially, we don't know if Davis was like a highly functioning alcoholic. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. Uh, during a consent of the, consent search of the Ford, the officers found a paper bag on the floorboard with three or four unopened Budweiser cans, as well as two bags containing clothes, some of which appeared to be torn. The officers freed the vehicle, escorted him off the property, and cleared the incident with dispatch at 12.46 a.m. So they just let him go? Yeah. Piece do we, of shit. Do we want to take a guess at who the fuck that was? It was uh, Polly Class's kidnapper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Richard Allen Davis. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Same guy. I hate him. Same guy an hour later. Or not even. It was 45 minutes later. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Do you see where I'm kind of going with this? Yes. That they saw him 45 minutes later? Yep. For almost two months, the FBI and the Petaluma Police Departments received thousands of tips as the case gained national attention. On November 27th, 1993, Jaffe found a pair of child-sized red knotted tights <gasps> no. knotted at the knee, an adult-sized dark sweatshirt turned inside out, and a knotted piece of white silky cloth shaped like a hood a few free- feet from where the Ford Pinto had been stuck. So Polly was there. Oh yeah, Polly was there. Yep. The hood appeared to have makeup smears on it, so Jaffe called the sheriff's office and left a message. They didn't even call her back, so she called the next morning again, and Deputy McManus arrived to inspect the scene. He and Jaffe found an unrolled condom one or two feet away from the clothes, a torn Rough Rider condom wrapper, two pieces of strapping tape, a beer bottle, and an empty plastic six-pack holder, and a book of matches. Oh my god. Jaffe then reminded Deputy McManus of the incident on October 1st. Like, the fact that she even just had to remind him. That she like, had... That she had to call twice. And, and then, then she had to bring it up yeah. to a deputy. Hey, guys, do we remember this? Yeah. It's just, I... Look, I love my hometown, but they really dropped the ball on this. No, like, they seriously they really did. really dropped the ball on this. Because it was starting to rain, uh, Deputy McManus was concerned about damage to trace evidence, and he did not follow normal evidence collection protocol. Oh, my God. How many things are going to go wrong? I know. Instead of leaving the scene intact, he picked up the items and placed them in a box. He left the unrolled condom because he didn't have materials in his patrol vehicle to collect that evidence, and he believed that the box was a sealed container that wouldn't be damaged by the rain. Later that day, an FBI team took photographs and recovered the condom. Deputy McManus researched the October 1st incident on Jaffe's hillside and determined Davis's identity 
and gave and his prior criminal record of assault and kidnapping. He gave this information to the Petaluma Police Department and the PPD's lead investigator, Sergeant Michael Meese, examined the evidence collected by Deputy McManus with his department's lead evidence technician, Officer Larry Pelton, and they agreed that the hood-shaped white cloth matched cloth pieces found in Polly's bedroom. Oh my god. The next day, an FBI laboratory confirmed that match. The Petaluma Police Department learned that Davis was a parolee who had an outstanding parole violation warrant against him based on an October 19th drunk driving arrest in Mendocino County. Davis's parole officer told them that Davis was at his sister's house in Ukiah. So, like, he has a warrant out. You run this whole thing, you let him go. I just feel like there are so many points in this. Where, like, it wasn't just, like, one person dropped the ball. Right. It was an entire department. Yeah. It was, like, there are so many opportunities to catch this guy, and you just didn't. Okay, listen, like, I know law enforcement is not easy, but, like, you, like, and I get this was, like, what, this was in the late 70s, yeah? This, yeah, it was, um, uh, sorry, no, it was 93. 93, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, even in the 90s, like, I feel like there was enough technology Mm -hmm. at that point to, like, send out like alerts and like make sure that everybody knew what just happened especially when it comes to kidnapping like i don't right. i don't get it like every agency in that immediate vicinity should yeah. be contacted yeah the fact that the sheriff's department which is in the same county a small town it's in the same county yeah, how does the sheriff like how does a, the sheriff's office of an of the same county where somebody right. went missing not know about this you drive 15 minutes in any direction you're out of petaluma yeah like Every agency in the nearby vicinity should have been notified. Yeah. There's just no reason to not notify them. Uh, So on November 30th, 1993, Petaluma police officers and FBI agents arrested Davis at his sister's house, finally, without incident. Officers also collected his personal belongings and his car. When confronted about polyclass, Davis denied any involvement. Two days later, on December 2nd, Davis's palm print was matched to a print taken from Polly's bedroom. On December 4th, Sergeant Meese told Davis to contact him if there was any hope of finding Polly alive. Over the phone, Davis told him that he fucked up big time and admitted that Polly was dead and that he would help locate her body. Oh my god. Davis claimed he went to Petaluma on the night of October 1st, 1993 to contact his mother. Unable to find her, he went to a park where he drank beer and smoked a joint that may have contained PCP, according to him. May have contained PCP. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe. Just maybe. I'm not sure, but might have been in there. I felt weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely not weed. No. Davis said that he did not have a clear memory of what he did next, which is, I feel like, why he said he smoked PCP. Well, I was so high, I didn't really know what I was doing. Whatever. Uh, he said he remembered entering a home through a window and hearing some voices in a room, but that he had never seen Polly Class before that night. He remembered tying the three girls up with items in the bedroom, and then he recalled driving and suddenly realizing, <gasps> Polly's in the front seat of his car. She complained that her bindings were too tight and her hands were going numb. But, like, he 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 just woke up and was like, whoa, how yeah. did she get here? I feel like that's a lie. Fucking idiot. Polly kept saying that she wanted to go home. Davis drove around for a while, confused about what to do, and got lost driving up Pythian Road, where his car eventually got stuck on Jaffe's property. He then untied Polly and placed her on the embankment, where she remained while he tried to free his car. Wait, so was she still alive? Still alive. At oh, which Polly. point the deputies arrived. Why didn't she get, go get help? I think he removed her bindings, but she may have still had something over her head. Okay. But, like, deputies, men, guys, look, if you would have just taken him, she would have been found. Yeah. Alive. Oh, my God. She was right there. 
I'm surprised they didn't, like, look around the scene. Like... It, right. And it was just down the little embankment that he got yeah, stuck like, on. Yeah, like, it's not like she was far. Right. And I get that it was at night, but, like, do a little walk around. Yeah. I just... This... It kills me. It kills me. There were so many chances for her to get, like... Absolutely. ...saved, too, right. and just none of it played out. No. Um... It's, yeah, it's heartbreaking. According to Davis, he waited for about 30 minutes after the deputies escorted him off the Pythian Road before returning to retrieve Polly. Wait, so he drove away and she still stayed there? Well, they pulled him out and then escorted him out. So he had to leave her there. So then he just waited and then went back and got her. Oh my god, I would have freaked out if I was her. Right. But it's like, you know, she's... She doesn't know what to do. She's 12. She's yeah. in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's a long driveway up to the... It's 192 acres. Yeah. So. Jesus. Yeah. He then drove to a gas station so Polly could use the bathroom. After leaving the gas station, Davis realized that he had to kill Polly to avoid returning to prison, so he strangled her with a piece of knotted cloth. He later tied a piece of cord tight around Polly's neck just to make sure... Then dragged her to some bushes and covered her body with a piece of plywood and chunks of wood he found in the area. Oh my god. Davis said that he did not think that he had sex with Polly or that he tried to have sex with her. He doesn't remember? He says he doesn't think he did. That's annoying. Yeah. That same evening, Davis, with Petaluma Police Sergeant Meese and FBI Agent Taylor, retraced his route after Polly's kidnapping. When they arrived at the Dutcher Creek Road, located 100 feet from Highway 101, just south of Cloverdale, Davis pointed the officers in the direction of Polly's body. This is kind of where some details come in, so I don't, if you want to skip a little bit, feel free. Wait, what? Like, just how they found her body and all that. Oh, oh, you're t- I thought you were talking to me. I was like, what no, do you no, want no. me to skip? <laughs> no, our listeners. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to skip. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. I'll put I'll put a, a timestamp in the episode notes of where you can skip to. Right. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So Polly's decomposed body lay under a piece of plywood and other pieces of wood in the area, covered with thorny blackberry briar, thick underbrush, and debris. Her skeletonized skull lay a short distance from the rest of her body, probably as a result of animal activity. Yeah. So how I'm sorry, how long was it until they found her body? Um this is December 4th, I think. Of this of 1993? Yeah, okay. so it was a couple months. Okay. Um, yeah, much of her body had skeletonized, including her entire abdominal cavity, with soft tissues and all organs absent. But some portions of the body, including her limbs, had dried in a mummified state. Polly's remains were partially covered by a nightgown that Gillian, J- sorry, Gillian is spelt weird, yeah. but it's Gillian. It's Gillian it's with Gillian. a G. Yeah. With, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gillian had brought to Polly's slumber party. The nightgown was pulled up and inverted under her arms, which were folded across her lap. Her pink blouse was untied and her white miniskirt had been pulled up to her chest, but she was still wearing her bra and panties. Her legs were spread outwards, bent at the knees and hips, which suggested that the body had not been haphazardly thrown into the brush, or that rigor mortis had previously set the legs in that position. Investigators also found what was believed to be semen on her body, but that had it had degraded too much to be identifiable. Oh my god. Davis again described how he had strangled Polly with a piece of cloth. He added that when he eased up on the cloth, he thought he heard her groan. So he tightened up the cloth again and tied a knot. He then tied a cord around her neck and waited for Polly's movements to stop, which he described as taking, quote, forever. Oh like, then just I want to punch him in the face. Like, then just stop, dude. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Just stop. Yeah, I want to punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. When asked how semen could have wound up on Polly's body, Davis replied, quote, Look, I told you I didn't, or I, look, I told you at least it wasn't in her. Oh my god, ew. What he's I'm, disgusting. Yeah, he says, what I'm trying to tell you is that in my mind, at least I didn't try to stick my dick in the fucking little girl. So like, fuck this guy. He said that? Mm-hmm, that's a quote directly from him. <sighs> I want to punch him. 
Yep. When... Misty, let's go get him. Let's go get him, Misty. <laughs> get him, Misty. Uh, when pressed again about the semen, Davis responded, that's something I'm going to have to live with and run through my mind over and over and over and over again. Like he gives a shit. Yeah. He also claimed that it was a load off his mind and he was glad when FBI agent Taylor told him that semen was found on Polly but not necessarily in her because he didn't want that hanging over him. Okay, not the fact that he, I don't know, sexually assaulted, still sexually assaulted, and murdered a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. Well, he was worried that he would be mistreated in prison. He still will be. Yeah. Shocker. If other inmates considered him a child killer or molester. But you're still a child killer, so. And you still are a molester. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At the end of the interview, Davis said, I have to see what comes out of forensic. Hope nothing comes up. Hope nothing's in there. Ew. Mm -hmm. He's gross. Examination of the condom and condom wrapper found at the Pythian Road site did not reveal the presence of any fingerprints or biological evidence. Probably because he, the original officer, moved them all around. So, that's nice. That's annoying. During victim impact statements, it was said that Polly was funny, intelligent, and beautiful, an absolutely extraordinary child who was warm-hearted with a sunny disposition and an infectious laugh. She played the piano and the clarinet and had a particular love for acting on stage. She was afraid of being alone in the dark, often sleeping with her lights on, and fearful that a bad man would come take her in the night. Oh my god. Witnesses from the Turning Point facility described Davis as a very sociable person who had admitted to them that he had tried to manipulate the system by faking mental illness. So he would be moved to a mental health facility so it would be easier for him to escape. Officers testified that they saw no signs that Davis had mental problems while he was in jail. Yeah, shocker. Yeah. He's just an evil person. Mm-hmm. Polly's father, Mark Class, and her grandfather, Eugene Reed, asked the court to sentence Davis to death. The court allowed Davis to read a statement in which he complained at length about the failure of the police to pro- Oh my god. To provide him a lawyer after he invoked his right to counsel and said he only conse- confessed after not seeing a lawyer for four days because he assumed that no attorney wanted to represent him because of the infamy of the case and because Petaluma Police Sergeant Meese had exploited his symptoms of a nicotine withdrawal. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Always, always. They always say that. The trial was originally set to take place in Sonoma County, where the crimes were committed, but after six weeks of jury selection, it was agreed that Davis wouldn't receive a fair trial due to the public knowledge of the case. Which is like, you shouldn't get one anyway. Yeah. Prost- uh, sorry, prospective juror- jurors in Sonoma County often discuss the cl- case in the waiting areas, which you shouldn't do, and they made comments about Davis's guilt and calling for his execution, with some saying that Davis should be castrated by a, ro- a means of a rope and a truck. I mean, I'm down. <laughs> I mean, if we just start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the trial was moved to Santa Clara County. But Davis tried to file another motion to change the venue because he believed that it was still too close to Santa Clara. Where is County. Santa Clara? Santa Clara is like in the South Bay or East Bay. Okay. It's, it's so it's not around San Francisco. Far. Okay. Yeah, it's like on the other side. Um, it's like San Jose area. Okay. Okay. Yeah. After a long trial, Davis was convicted on June 18th, 1996 of first-degree murder with four special circumstances, which were robbery, burglary, kidnapping, and attempted lewd act on a child. It shouldn't even be attempted. It should be a lewd act. Right, but they couldn't prove it because it had degraded too much. I know. Super frustrating. So, a San Jose Superior Court jury returned a verdict of death. After giving Davis his sentence of death, the judge ended the proceedings by saying, Mr. Davis, this is always a traumatic and emotional decision for a judge. You've made it very easy today. Damn. Mm -hmm. Shout out to that judge. Right. (laughs) She's like, I don't care about you. Yeah. See, my whole thing is, like, I'm somebody who's very on the fence about the death penalty. Like, I do definitely believe that, like, some people deserve it. Mm -hmm. But then I also think about, like, you're getting the easy way out at that point. Like, 
We you did you listen to our whole rant on the yeah death? yeah I don't know I think that if you do something that terrible you deserve to just sit in a cell twenty three hours a day and right but I just like rot. I, like I said last time like I just don't think they care about that or they wouldn't have done it yeah I don't know I don't know it's definitely controversial I think yeah uh, so after the jury return its verdict of the guilt phase of the trial davis turned and flipped off the cameras in the room he then winked and blew a kiss ew yeah and i do have pictures of this okay this man deserves to die yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. uh i do have pictures of this so I, i'll post them on the socials because okay. it's disgusting yeah and then you can see what like oh, he's just such a smug little asshole he sounds gross he's disgusting later at his formal sentencing this is what fucking gets me boiling dude okay i'm ready he read a statement where he claimed that Polly had said to him, quote, just don't do me like my dad. Ew. Mm-hmm. Why would he say that? Because he's trying to make it seem like her dad was a bad person for whatever reason. Was he? No. He was a really, really great man from, like, everything everyone said. Yeah. And I'll kind of get into, like, what he did after this case. Yeah. He's, a, he's an amazing person. Ew, he's gross. Mm-hmm. Oh, not not the dad, Richard yeah, yeah. Dick, Dick Davis, Dick Davis. Uh, and that she said that right before he killed her. That's what he said. Polly's father, Mark, attempted to lunge at Davis, but was restrained by the bailiffs, and then left the courtroom after to avoid causing further oh God, commotion. Her poor father. Like to go through all of that and then just have, have him say that. something like that. Ugh. Right. Um, as of March, twenty twenty two. Davis remains on California's death row. Is California still doing executions? Mm-hmm. In the Adjustment Center of San Quentin State Prison. I am pretty sure California still is doing executions. Okay. Uh, they just have a long wait list. I'm pretty sure that no one else can be put onto death row in the state of California, but right. California is doesn't have the death penalty anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Neither does Pennsylvania. Oh, I wonder if they're not doing executions anymore then. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He's still there, though, at San Quentin. So. According to the Polyclass Foundation, the Polyclass Foundation is a national pro- nonprofit dedicated to the safety of all children, the recovery of missing children, and public policies that keep children safe in their communities. Since their founding in 1993, the foundation has helped more than 10,000 families find their missing children. Aww. A carefully tended rose garden is one of many ways Petalumens have carried on Polly's memory since she was abducted on October 1st, 1993. For more than 20 years, Polly's uncle, Kelby Jones, has been on call almost every night as a volunteer to assist parents of missing children who reach out to the Polyclass Foundation. Oh my god. Polly's father, Mark Class, started an organization called Class Kids that has helped search for missing children and advocate for legislation since it was founded in 1994. Polly's body was cremated and her ashes were spread over the Pacific Ocean by her friends and family. Oh, I just got chills. Yeah. Poor Polly. I know. It's sad. I tried to keep out, like, as many details as I could. Yeah. But, like... Ones that weren't, like, super important. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's a rough one. Yeah. And I just, I feel so bad for her I um, I also feel really bad for her friends that were there. Oh, yeah. Like, because they experienced something traumatic, too. Well, like, survivor's guilt. Yeah. Is a real thing. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's that, too, but it's also, like, they were also tied up. Yeah. And, like, there's a strange man in the house. Like, they went through something traumatic as well. And it's, you know, like, I really want to know how they're doing today. Yeah. And I, they didn't give last names, I'm sure, for privacy, like, yeah. in any of the documents. Yeah. Um, but I just, yeah, I can't imagine, I mean, going through that and knowing, like, it could have been me, but then also having the, well, why wasn't it me, you know, survivor's guilt. And then for Polly's dad to go through that, to hear him say that, like, make him sound like a bad person. Also, just, like, her mom and her little sister, like, oh, I feel so terrible. Right. I think there's a lot of, not guilt like they didn't do anything wrong no. but i think there's a lot of places that they might feel guilty and i am sad that yeah. they have to go through that too you know oh that makes me oh yeah ah! yeah it's scary right and it's just like 
there's so many times this whole thing could have been stopped. Yeah. The guy could have stopped him from going up to the bathroom. Yeah. Like, and getting in the house. The police could have found her alive. Like, those those little girls probably never went to another sleepover ever again. Right. And I'm sure their parents didn't let them ever go to no. a sleepover ever again. And then Polly's little sister probably never went to any sleepovers. See, like, I, uh, I was a kid who was, like, always having sleepovers at friends' house. Like, I was always out. I was always at my friend's house. And, like, I loved having sleepovers. And partially because, like, I lived in such a small, like a big area like I lived in a small town but it was very spread out like right. one of my friends Taylor like literally lived like an hour from me and we were in, went to the same high school Jeez. and she was an hour away that's crazy yeah because it's all back roads like it's yeah Pendulum is not that no. spread out but like I just remember that like growing up my mom was always like well if you want to go somewhere like you can go like I'll take you there but you know I don't want to come back and get you later so you know just see if you can have a sleepover right. and like 99% of the time that that is what happened it worked out right or like people would come to my house and stay over but like i had sleepovers all the time right especially when i was in high school like i was always at someone's house yeah i i don't really remember having a lot of sleepovers when i was a kid like i had a few i think mostly i'd have my friends stay at my house yeah just because i like my house more no i was always <laughs> the one that was going to other people's houses partially because my dad used to work nights so like if my friends were there during the day, like, we had to be quiet. Right. And, like, you can't always count on, like, preteen girls to be quiet, mm, so. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Also, I don't, my parents just never wanted to drive me anywhere, so it was always like, well, ask them if they want to come here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I want to have that house. I want to have my kids at my house all the time. I know. I want the house where, like, every Sunday we have, like, barbecues and game oh, nights yeah. and, like, all the friends are over. Yeah. That's but, my goal. Um, I will be getting a security system. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're moving. I don't even talk oh, about this no. yet. Yeah, we're moving. We're to staying in Tahoe, obviously. Where are you moving to? Um, a different area of town. <laughs> okay, you'll tell yeah. me. You can tell me. About I'll that. tell you off the podcast. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're moving, and we're moving into more of a residential part of town. So like, we're gonna be kind of in town, whereas now in like the, we're kind of like in the burbs. Yeah, we're as now like now we're kind of like up the hill. Like we have no neighbors. Right. We have the people that live across the street, and that's it. And so like, I'm not really scared at my house because like. A, it, there's so many stairs in my house that, like, I would hear you coming before you're inside. And, <laughs> and so many doors to all the stairs. Yeah, there is. Yes, there's multiple doors. And, um, but, like, this house, it's, like, you know, it's two levels, but it's, like, just, like, a small house. Like, there's a bedroom upstairs, and that's it. Right. And so, like, I'm scared. <laughs> so, I'm getting, I'm probably going to get Simply Safe. So, Simply Safe, if you see this or hear this and you want to sponsor us. I'll, I'll give it a whirl. I have Ring. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about Ring very much is that you know, they only give you one battery, and the battery takes forever to charge, but, like, barely any time to die. But yeah. there's two slots for batteries, so I could just stop being cheap and get another battery and, yeah. like, switch them out. Or there's I'm 100% a getting a Ring camera, like, when I move into this new house, just purely because of all the videos I see of, like, people, like, being funny in them. Right. Yeah. Well, we don't, we don't have a doorbell. It's just, like, a... Camera. camera yeah but it's just i'm gonna the, get by the brand. i'm gonna get the doorbell right but i'm also probably gonna get simply safe but only if simply safe sponsors us yeah so simply safe sponsor us ring send me another battery or yeah. a solar panel yeah either Ooh. one they have solar panels but I just i'm so cheap i don't want to how much are they they're like 80 bucks i think oh my god just get one i know i just don't want to <laughs> i just don't want to and then i have to like set the whole thing up oh my god because your life is so hard look i it is okay. Okay, yeah, I know you got a um, you got an almost seven month old baby. No, or she just turned six, six months, months two, two days, days ago. ago. Yeah, November twenty fourth. I remember. Look at you knowing, mm -hmm. knowing things. Yeah. Um. Wow, I said it was yesterday earlier today. Oh, you're a better parent than I am. I am. I'm a good auntie. <laughs> good. Auntie. I'm the best auntie. I'm hanging out with Misty Moo and the four cats. Missy's gonna come to my house tonight for a sleepover, and she's gonna hang out with her other BFF besides Chunk. Nova. You gonna see Chunk? You gonna see your BFF, yeah. your kitty BFF? <gasps> oh, she's excited about that. She said, "Okay, can we go? Give us an I love you. Say I love you. <laughs> Say I love you. <laughs> good that girl. was a good one. All right, is that all we have? I think so, but okay. unless you want to do your socials, I'll be You curious. can follow me on Instagram at B-A-I-L-M-C-Q. That's Bail M-C-Q. And you can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Marie Pierce. 
S-A-R-A-H-M-A-R-I-E-P-I-E-R-C-E. Good job. And you can follow Tiffany if you want at Tiff Ep XOXO, I guess. I think it's just one XO. Is it one XO? Tiff Ep XO. Is it Is one it? XO? I don't know. Let's see. I think let's, it's... Let's, let's do a little research know, really quick. Wrong. Normally, I just type in T-I-F and it pops yeah. up, so I never have to know. Oh, yep. I'm wrong. It's Tiff Ep XO. T-I-F-F-E-P-P-X-O. Um, and then you can follow all of our socials for the podcast at Puzzling Pod or Puzzling Podcast on Facebook. Yeah. We'll link everything down below, guys. Yeah, I'm a, a visual person. I, if you tell me a name of something, I'm not going to remember it. But if you write right. it down, I will. If you tell Which me, is I'm exactly like, why I told Tiffany she needs to write everything that I have to do. Yeah. So. For me, I'm like, okay, wait, spell it again. Uh, yeah. Like halfway through, I'm like, what's the end of it? Yeah. Just let me read it. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Follow us. And okay. remember. Don't be evil. Don't be evil. Don't be evil. Don't, don't do, do it. it. All right, guys, we love you, and uh, me and Tiffany will be back together next week, and hopefully Sarah the Assistant will be here. I will be here next week. Okay, good. I have Tuesday and Wednesday off, so. Cool. Works for me. Tuesday or Wednesday. Cool, cool, cool. Any of those. Whichever day is the shittier day out of the two, because whatever is the nicer day, we should float the river. Yeah, so when, though? Next week? I don't know, next week. We'll figure it out. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. We love you. Bye. Love you.